Relating to Self. A podcast that helps you create a better relationship with yourself. Hey, I'm Joachim. Welcome. Do you realize that there is only one relationship that you will always be in? The relationship with yourself. Improving that relationship changes everything. On this podcast, I share my thoughts and I invite real people to have vulnerable conversations about how they relate to themselves and what we can learn from that. In today's episode, I speak with Asia, a truly unique human being for whom relating to self is like a dance. Enjoy. Asia, what a wonderful, wonderful moment now that you're here. <laughs> I haven't seen you in such a long time. It's beautiful to reconnect this way. Mm, in the forest. I love your Zoom background. I really feel like we're walking through a forest together right now as we journey I, down. <laughs> I really like that image. I will keep that in mind as the conversation yes. unfolds. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I would like to begin by introducing you by saying, you know, how we met and what you mean to me. And then you can do the same about me. Um, I actually don't remember what year it was. But I think it's about four years ago, maybe three years ago. I was in Tokyo and I was planning to be in Tokyo for a while. It was winter. And then one day a friend of me, a friend of mine called me and he said like, Hey, I'm going on this trip to Brazil and it sounds really interesting. I think you should come too. I'm like, well, that sounds weird. I mean, I'm in Tokyo. That's literally the opposite side of the world. <laughs> But okay, you know, I'm, I'm open. Uh, who knows? And he's like, yeah, I can connect you with the organizer and you can have a call with her and then you'll see. I'm like, okay, fair. And then we had a call and I distinctly remember <laughs> that that was a very special call. I felt like, wow, this person has such a special view on things. And I feel that we connect in certain ways that I found really interesting. And so that convinced me to take a couple of planes all across the world to then suddenly find myself in Brazil with you and a group of other crazy people on this journey. And that is how we met. Yeah. And I would like to say also that when I think of you, I associate you with someone who is very playful. Mm -hmm very beautiful in the authentic way that she engages with the world and also really a searcher, like a, a fellow, fellow explorer of what it means to be human. Mm. And yeah, I, I love that about you. Mm. Wow. I'm closing my eyes right now for the listeners. <laughs> I can't see me and just like letting that wash over me that's very sweet thank you for seeing me in that way um yes that was quite the call I remember we spoke about the arts and science and technology and I don't know humanity I felt like we traversed the universe on that call so I guess Tokyo maybe to Brazil wasn't so far because we went to the universe through the universe already but yeah that was a pleasant that was a pleasant experience and um yeah you came to Brazil you did and ah oh, yeah that was quite a journey so yes I would love to share with you in the audience what Joachim is to me and actually I was in the shower thinking about this because I knew this was one of the questions just now and I was thinking about how on that trip when we were in Brazil um no one could say your name right <laughs> including me yeah I think none, so of, none of my guests so far has pronounced my name correctly <laughs> and so everyone was like Yo, yo, Kim, yo, yo, Chim, yo, Ham, yo, Jang, yo, Ning, yo, Ning, yo, Ning, like whatever. And then finally, at the end of the experience, um, well, one thing maybe your listeners don't know about you is you're a uh, classically trained opera singer, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, anyway, at the end, you graced us with um, a little, little 
song, a little musical experience. And you, I remember you saying like, it's, you know, whatever, however you say it, you know, as long as you love me, it's okay. Something to that effect. Do you remember the lines? I might have butchered them, but something like that. Like, I don't remember that, but that's, that's you great. Don't remember that. yeah. yeah. We were like, anyway, it's a, it's a story within a story. I feel like you and I can go into like a billion stories, but yeah, I that's true. keep myself a little bit on track. So yeah. Um, and so I think, um, Joachim is this rare human that is like is connected to like both the arts and the culture and like the heart of things but also like deeply invested in like logic and like the way things work in that realm I, I guess someone can say like the left and the the right brain are both active and alert and working and pumping out um ideas but they're grounded in heart and I think yeah also I think life truly matters to you I mean I think it matters to everyone but I could we could I could see it like I could see like you don't take life by like you don't take it for granted like you truly care and you're just trying to figure out like how to how to live the best life, like in all your practices and all the routines and rituals and, and ways that you experience life. Like you're really also similar to how you introduced me, a seeker, like you really care to uh, know, know your life and know yourself and know like you just damn care. <laughs> I'll just say that. You care. You have in a very beautiful, sensitive soul that like is plugged in you know that wow. sounds very interesting plugged in but connected yes mm. thank you asia yeah that resonates with me i i care a lot that's true thank yes. you for putting it so beautifully yes you're so sweet gosh we can just sit here and just loving each other <laughs> <laughs> yes and that one experience can we share this real quick in brazil your favorite experience that we had i thought i think that would be a cool question for um also the people who come on is you can say like what was what's our favorite experience together because i think that's mm. almost as important as how we met and well i would love to hear it from you because i don't it's just it's i don't know there's a resonance when you speak about it but it's the moment new year's essentially the peach ocean experience yeah yeah i really love that moment that's absolutely right so as i remember it we were on an island i forgot the name of the, the name of the island somewhere off the coast of brazil mm -hmm. And it was New Year's and on New Year's Eve, the Brazilians apparently all dress up in white clothes and then they gather in a public space. In this case, that was the beach. And we were there under the stars at night with this group of crazy people. And then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> somehow I remember that towards midnight, <laughs> you and I, we were just standing facing the ocean with our feet in the sand and in the water and we held hands and we just watched over the ocean and the moon was there and there was this whole kind of like lively celebration behind us but it felt like we were in a completely different space <laughs> mm -hmm. and yeah that that was such a precious moment mm. and then if i remember correctly we we ran into the ocean because Tradition has it where you you run and you jump over three waves and you make three different wishes. Yeah. And then I remember streaking and then just running into the ocean. But here I am like leading this company and like, I'm like, oh, should I be streaking? Whatever. And so we're like out in the middle of the ocean naked and just like looking back and there's like fireworks and yeah. What a. Yeah. yeah awesome. What a moment. Awesome. Mm. Well, Asia. Yes. Let's talk about how you relate to yourself. And I'm really curious about this, honestly, because obviously when, when we met, we spoke a lot about that. I think even though we weren't maybe aware of the terminology, I don't think we really spoke about literally how do we relate to ourselves. <laughs> I think we, yeah. we spoke a lot about relating in general and what that means and being human. So when I speak to you about relating to self, what comes up for you? Well, right now, I mean, I, I, I take a breath in and I check in like what, 
how do I even relate to myself in this moment? I mean, when you ask that, it's just like, ooh, these are such kind of vast words, the self relationship, you know, and when you put those all together and then you say like, how do you relate to yourself, Aussie? It's like, whoa, okay, let's just check in right now. Like, how am I relating to myself? Okay, I'm feeling, you know, a little nervous, surprisingly, because right before, it's just like the format of a podcast. It's so like, um, I don't know, there's something to it, but it's so interesting because right before this call, I wasn't nervous, but the, it's like so curious the way consciousness can like pick up on these like subtle shifts, like, okay, now we're recording. But anyway, so as it relates to this question is like, I think um, as I might be, you know, an example of right now, it's like embodiment and connecting through the body, like I'm feeling anxious, a little ungrounded. Okay, I put my both my feet back on the ground because I love to sit like crossed, you know. And then, you know, knowing that and expressing that, if you if if I have the chance to feel comfortable with the person in front of, I think is important to share kind of your space and your internal kind of landscape of how you're feeling. Anyway, so back to embodiment, relating to myself via embodiment, that hasn't always been the case. Like I think for many years I was cut off from my body. Um, so that is something new to be relating to self through the body. Um, dang, that is just such a vast question. I'm gonna ask you to ask me maybe like a, a micro question within that realm because mm. I feel lost. I mean, it's kind of like, I could, I feel like I could write a couple of books on this, but <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just like, wow, <laughs> I'm glad you have a podcast about it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you bring this up actually. Um, and it's funny because I was having a conversation with Troy today, uh, Troy, who was also previously on the podcast and we had a, a beautiful conversation about how he relates to himself in general, quite abstractly. And then he shared with me today that he thought it was maybe interesting to also have conversations with people where you ask them like, Hey, how do you relate to yourself right now? Like mm. what's happening in this moment? And yes. I was like, wow, that's, yes. that's a beautiful idea. And then now, right. you know, that's it exactly what's happening. Yeah. I adore that. I really truly feel like, I mean, there's a, there's like a hundred thousand billion ways to kind of perceive this based on your kind of philosophy or spiritual orientation, but to some, there's something to be said about like, consciousness and and when things are ready in the world to like come to be like it kind of feels like it's floating in the brains of like multiple different people and it's just like it's in the space however you want to say that so I love that and I think that it feels much more alive and fresh and real for your audience to kind of know what's going on right now it's so much more emergent but I'm happy to talk about how I relate to myself you know what got me to today because it's it's yeah it's a evolution not not linear. That was actually something I was thinking about today is that relating to the self in that journey is super unlinear. It's like, I was thinking, I was journaling before this podcast and I was like, it's like almost like a sphere. And it's like, you meet yourself again and again on the circle. It's not like linear where it's like, you don't meet yourself again, right? Like we go through things again, there's like cycles, but it's like recycling and, um, it's not linear and I feel like the, the challenge we face as we relate to ourselves is we try to put on um, like these formulas and foundations that society has in, for example, the economies or the systems of like organizing business and we try to apply them to the way that we relate to ourselves. And that's very linear and it does not work. And then we get very frustrated and wonder like, why is this not working like I'm not able to get to myself and connect to myself it's because we're going at it in the way that the world goes at external things you know right I'm I'm really interested in this concept of embodiment that you brought to the table right so that's the first thing you said almost relating to self through embodiment could you explain to me what that means to you to be embodied Ooh. okay well, I feel like I'm on the internal cutting edge of that for myself. So this is cool for me to kind of learn and just kind of riff with it and see what comes through. Um, I think the first thing that came to mind was a few words. One is dancing. Another one was 
performance. And then the third one was, um, there's this kind of like resonance you can kind of meet within yourself where you feel like you're just simply aligned with yourself and you are like, it's like this subtle pride, I suppose. And you, and you feel like you are in that moment, like right now, the words are just flowing. You know, kind of you are aligned with yourself. And so, yes. I'll go back to dancing though. Just mm, yeah, yeah, so for definitely. me, dancing, like very non-abstract way of embodying myself um, and feeling without words and, and connecting to the different realms and like, yeah, intelligences of my body that I feel like sometimes we don't really listen to, right? Like the body holds all of these maybe even potential answers or wisdoms or just there's a whole language there that you know I feel like at least out here in the west we don't we don't learn so for me dancing has been that you know it has been a way to connect to that yeah I I hear you and I think for me as well dancing has become really important I think maybe even more from the other perspective where I use dance to unearth tensions in my body that I maybe wasn't aware of because you say you know the, the body holds wisdom and knowledge and I think that's true but the body also holds tension and trauma and I think dance um, is a wonderful way to explore that in in a gentle manner yeah yeah and then you mentioned performance which is very interesting because well as you mentioned I I used to be uh, a musician, a composer and a, and a performing musician. So I wonder how performance relates to embodiment for you. Yeah. So what that word means to me as in the way that I just brought it up was actually um, the way that like I've noticed in my past, especially when I was in um, like a teenager in my, um, you know, young adult years, there was a lot of performance and not in the artistic way, not in a, you know, here's my uh, script and I'm going to, I'm going to enact this beautiful, right. Just in my moment to moment life, um, performing almost the, you know, other scripts of, yeah, the script of society, the script of, right. How I thought it all needs to go down. <laughs> and so for me, um I embodied performance and I think that we can embody many different things I feel like it, to be embodied doesn't just mean like nat you're naturally aligned with your soul and everything is gonna you know be beautiful because you're embodied I think I embodied performance and that was such a challenge to my existence and my soul because it was so fake it was so artificial it wasn't real it wasn't like the natural impulse of my life and my cells you know it was like really just a performance of of me yeah. yeah no I hear you so you're referring to these kind of like the masks that we wear or the persona that we represent to the world because we think that's how the world wants us to be yeah and yeah I, I think you're very right this I hadn't thought about that actually this word embodiment I always associate it with something positive, like, you know, I feel embodied, I feel aligned, but you're right. We can also embody other things. And <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious to know how you moved away from that, because I, I don't particularly perceive you as someone who, you know, has a lot of like masks or personas right now. Yeah. So I guess you moved away from that. How, how did that journey go for you? Okay. I take a second to pause and keep that good question. I just want to recognize this is what's emerging and I'm embodying this right now. Like I want to recognize, like, I'm just proud of you for like doing this and the, the questions you're answering, asking and answering and the curiosity and just like everything is just like, I'm just feeling, I don't know. It's just sweet to be in this space with you. So that's, I guess, something that I wanted to share and I know it's not an answer to your question but it's an embodiment of me relating to 
myself and us. <laughs> um, but yeah, how did I do that? How did I come back to myself? Was that the question after kind of going through all the perform years of performing? Yes, because I imagine that's not so easy if you're used to putting on those masks. Like, how do you get back to yourself? Well, I mean, I still feel like from day to day, I'm, I might still be in that space, right? It, it does take, it's not like I've taken the mask off forever, you know, burnt the mask or, you know, um, <laughs> the, the visual I'm getting is like, I've, you know, put it into some manure and flowers have grown out of it. I mean, the mask still exists and it still, it still follows me. Um, but I think, um, I think there's like a recognition around like, why does this mask follow me? And why does it want to be so close to me? And, and maybe observing that and turning it around as like, to see it as like a love affair, like this mask freaking loves me and it just wants to be seen. It wants to be safe. It wants to be known, you know? And so the first step for me was like recognizing, you know, I think it was probably, yeah, 21 or 20 or 19, maybe even when I was younger, just like, wow, this is happening. So I think the first step to relating to yourself in most cases, at least for me, is like just the simple recognition, like, okay, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. Just this is what's happening. And no need, although it wants to come, no need to judge this is what's happening, a recognition, an observation of that. And then after that, um, seeing like what might be done. But then oof, when I say that to you, I'm like, oh, because something else I've been thinking about recently is like, we've like are okay. Like with humans, I think no matter no matter what human you are, evolution is in our bones. And I, I don't mean that as a good thing. I think we, I mean, it's not a bad thing, but we usually think about like the, you know, the communities we're in, right? And this buzzword of evolution and evolving and transformation and transcendence. And these are all beautiful words. But what I'm trying to say is like, see evolution as something neutral or just something as is like it, it it pumps through our bodies like the biology of who we are is just like we're always constantly trying to be better like that's not even just like a new age thing that like just is our biology to try like and it drives me crazy sometimes because sometimes I just want to be how I am I don't want to try to have to freaking evolve <laughs> you know what I mean so so yeah. I know I'm going on a tangent here but but I what I've been thinking about is like the spirituality like the productivity of spirituality that is taking over a lot of people's lives in this you know relating to self world is like we feel like it, not even we feel like it just it comes naturally to us that we feel like we have to be yeah productive in this realm so Anyway, that comes back to my, I was saying my second step in this, okay, recognize second step. Okay. What's to be done. And it's like, fuck, maybe there's nothing to be done about this. <laughs> like, maybe that's not the way we need to orient always, always an orientation towards doing, what can we do to this? You know, how can I, you know, and that's like, I opened this up to our, a conversation with you and the, the listeners right now is like, what is the second step that doesn't look like having to do something to change to be productive about this you know <laughs> that's a really good question yeah i i feel something like this this framework of producing and especially in the term like producing value is something that we hear so often these days that that is i guess sometimes counterproductive i would say to answer your question for me after the the first step of recognition or awareness of of you know what's happening what's real I think would be something like compassion and mm -hmm. an understanding that, yes, this is human. This is, you know, it's not a, not a fatal failure. It's, it's a, it's a failure of sorts, but it's a very human, natural failure that comes with the transformation from being a child to growing up as a child, you know, you imitate, that is how we learn. And then you take on these personas and masks out of survival strategies. And then later on, you have to kind of like get rid of those, transform yourself into an autonomous human. And I think there, just the, the compassion with the fact that we all go through that is something that really helped me 
to not feel stressed about this idea of like, I need to do something, I need to change something. It's like, well, let's take a moment to just be compassionate first. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Yes. Oh. Mm. Yeah, coming back to this, like, uh, this, yeah, the awareness of our, our common humanity that always tickles my heart and soothes my mind. <laughs> yeah. Mm. As yeah, I'm. I'm curious yeah. about another thing because now we're you know we've been talking about how you relate to yourself and how you've improved your relating to yourself in the past. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Improved? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I suppose, but like like I said, this thing, this journey is not linear, and I don't know if I can. I don't know if I have the uh, the right to say improved. It feels like right. maybe, maybe, but it's just. I would love to bring another like way of consideration to this journey of not recognizing as improving or going back or forward or something, you know, I don't mm. know what that even looks like, but yeah. Okay. Let me rephrase that because you're right. This, this idea of like improving is, is related to the idea of production, right? <laughs> but I, I think what I'm pointing at is something like for me, the changes in my relationship to myself have brought me to a place where it feels easier and more gentle and more loving to be with myself. Mm, isn't and that nice? Oh, yes. I love that. Yes. That is and so nice. <laughs> I guess I frame that as an improvement, you know, because I used to suffer a lot more. I was anxious. I was tense. Now I feel much softer with myself and my experience of life has tremendously improved. Mm. hence this idea of improvement but I think you're right it, maybe it's better to use the correct words and say you know I feel softer I feel more gentle mm -hmm. I feel more loving mm. but then what I was going to ask was actually the opposite are there specific ways in which relating to yourself is still difficult for you oh yeah definitely um all, <laughs> oof, I almost said all the time <laughs> not all the time but <laughs> There are there are many times that I forget what I have learned, and I think I think we can say improve. I I don't I don't there's I don't hold things against that. I'm just oh, in an ex experimental exploratory phase with you to see like how we relate to um, even these words that we that we use around the self. But anyway, yes, um, for sure because it feels like you know with that that saying right like when you take a couple steps or a step forward, you co go a couple steps back. And for me, it feels like, wow, I'm in a dance where it's not just a clear couple steps forward and a couple steps back. It's just like, you know, one month I'm over there and then, you know, and then maybe you're over here and you, you, you forget what you've known. You forget like, again, this linearity of how we're talking about where you've come from. It's like, it's almost like, you're you're always here obviously we're always here the you know the soul or the spirit or however you want to say it the self is always here and there are many times where i feel like um i have to go through things again and again and sometimes in the past i've been known to put stickies up around so i can <laughs> remember where i've come from and i or you already know that you already know this Aussie. like you already have this wisdom you have you know what to do from here on, you know? And so there's like these little formulas like um, relating to self formulas we can kind of put, put like surround ourselves with. But I think what I've come to um, now and it, it shifts, I wouldn't say it evolves, it just shifts, it goes back and forth and around. I mean, not even a back and forth. I know I'm getting obsessed with like this, how <laughs> the words I'm using right now, but it feels like the most important thing I can do right now is listen to myself and just go in however that is with whether that's closing your eyes or maybe people listen to themselves like in the shower or when they're you know exercising doing art however you find that way that you have an access point into you know your inner voice so this inner wisdom the oracle of yourself that is I think the most important way to relate to yourself so um does that answer your question <laughs> not really i mean it's, it's an interesting answer um, and i'm gonna dig deeper i don't know how bit. i got to that answer but anyway <laughs> so hmm. because i think you touched on a really important point and that is that everyone has a different way of accessing 
their own space where they can listen to themselves, right? And you mentioned closing your eyes, doing art, maybe in the shower. And I'm just wondering, like, what's yours? What is your way of accessing that place where you can listen to yourself? I love that. I have the same question for you after. Um, For me, I've noticed that it has to do with water. Um, If I have the luxury of being living near the ocean right now, I'm not quite, I'm 45 minutes away from the nearest ocean, but um, if, when I'm in the ocean or a body of water, I truly feel like I have just with ease been able to come back into myself. And today I was in my morning routine was, I found myself outside playing with water and I was just came back from a run and I had a, um, I was so thirsty that I didn't, you know, want to go inside and I kind of want to play with the water. So I, I took, I just like took the water faucet thing and just, you know, the hose and was just drinking and then playing with the water and just any interaction with water is a way for me to come back to kind of like the, I don't know, just like the, the naturalness of me, the simplicity of me, the, just the me, the me kind of uncomplicated me. Mm. (laughs) I love that. And I have to say, I'm not surprised that you say that because obviously I knew that water was very important for you. Remembering you are an excellent swimmer, right? I don't think I've ever seen anyone swim like I saw you swim. That's such a compliment. It's so funny. Like I've had people compliment me and, you know, as we go through life, people compliment you in various ways, but that one really went to the heart. I'm an excellent swimmer. I must've been like a, some sort of, you know, aquatic creature in another life. (laughs) I really feel seen right now. (laughs) Yeah. Beautiful. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I also like this other thing that you said when, you know, about this going back and forth and maybe sometimes forgetting what you already know. And then you phrase that as I'm in a dance. And I really like that. And the image that came to my mind when you said that was something like a whirling dervish, you know, where you're kind of like circling around and you're kind of like spinning, but because you're spinning so fast, you don't really have a sense of space or time anymore. So you're kind of like just going around. And Ooh, can, I, can I share something about that? Yes, that? please. So that brought up, so my, my roots, and I think roots are just Oh gosh, I've been looking into roots and heritage and ancestors these days. And anyway, some of my roots, you know, go back to actually the dervishes. And there was this one moment when I went out into the desert and I almost was just called out. You know, I was hanging out with some friends in Joshua Tree and then um, I was like, I'll be right back. And I went into the, the you know, yeah, the sort of desert area. And I have, you know, I'm a photographer, videographer, and I, I just put the camera on the ground and I just pressed record and I just somehow did this like three or four minute whirling dervish sort of dance like trance and I didn't get dizzy I just and I I feel like sometimes we when we relate to ourselves we we need to surrender you know what we might have known what we think we know around relating to self right all the practices that might have worked be it emotional, logical, spiritual, physical, whatever. And we have to just kind of submit, surrender to the kind of like the divine. I don't know if, you know, I know that, I don't know if your followers like what their religious background is. That doesn't have to be, you know, a biblical term, but just surrender to this, um, this other knowing that maybe comes from us. Maybe it comes um, beyond maybe it's a collaborative effort between the two but I think there is that sort of I don't know whirling dervishness to relating to self that needs to come in as much as there is also this very like you know I'm going to sit down like you know for me personally I have you know this morning ritual where I, I I do have these specific things I do so I think it's that balance of like the specifics 15 minutes of this 20 minutes of this 30 minutes of this but also those moments of just being that whirling dervish and just kind of so completely surrendering. Yeah. I really loved this phrase. You said to surrender what we think we know. And I think that points as another thing that is very important for me as well. Well, two things really, I think humility is super important. Uh, this idea that we don't really know what's going on and then relate to that, getting really comfortable with the idea of not knowing. And just surrendering to, to what feels true in the moment. And I think 
Well, the kind of dance that you did in the desert is probably related to that. Like that's probably a practice that helps you bring you to a place where that becomes easier. And I guess that's also why the dervishes uh, circle so so quickly, right? To to have that different state of mind that they have maybe more trouble accessing while just sitting on a couch. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so that brings me to my next question, which would be, do you have other kinds of these practices, things you do to bring you in a specific mindset where you maybe surrender more or maybe the opposite, where you can tap more into your knowledge and your wisdom of your body or anything, any kind of practices that help you obtain those states in which you feel you're closer to yourself? Mm. Sure, I would love to answer that. But before I, I do want to go back just uh, two minutes, I want to go back to the point where I said, let's come back to you and know what is Joachim's space that he goes to, to be able to really connect to the self. And I see in the background a forest and I'm wondering if it has to do with nature. And But I also know you frequent tea shops and I love and you have a journal and a ritual of that kind of practices. So curious to hear as well from you. Mm, thank you for that question, Asya. I find it very hard to point at one thing. Um, I think there are different aspects of listening to that inner voice, different ways in which I can access that. I think definitely going to a forest is one of the things that grounds me. You know, whenever I feel a bit anxious or floaty, uh, I go to a forest, I breathe in the, the fresh air, I look at the trees and I'm just immediately, ah, oh, you know, I'm there. Um, unfortunately, I, throughout my life, I haven't been able to access that much because where I grew up, forests were not available, let's say. Now, here where I live in Sofia, I have the great pleasure to have a, a kind of a forest. It's more like a park, but it looks like a forest, like 10 minutes from my door. So I go there quite often to just have a walk. But I think one of the other things that really never fails to, to kind of like connect me to myself is to listen to specific music. Because as you know, you know, music is very important for me. Um, I used to be a musician and still I feel specific types of music and maybe even specific performances of specific music, like, you know, performed by a specific group of people on a specific recording. And I know when I listen to those, I kind of enter a state where I was talking about this with a friend recently. And I said this phrase that I enter a space, enter a sacred space where time flows differently. And I think that's one of the powerful aspects of music that I so enjoy. That is the, the, the ability to stretch or compress time to like play with the way we perceive time. And I feel that's one of the ways that I go into this space where I can then you know, connect to myself in a different way. That's beautiful. A sacred space where time flows differently. Mm. Wow. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> You're so back to you, what other oh. practices mm. or, or um, what other ways do you have to, to access mm. those spaces? Well, you know, I, I really resonate with what you said about like, there isn't just one thing and it really kind of depends on um the day the moment the you know how you feel there's so many things internally externally that create you know that moment of how you relate to yourself and so for me I think you know for example in my every day I have this morning routine which um, I call a rise ritual and um there are a few practices in there that I do every day, but there is also this 20 to 30 minute open space where I see and I sit with myself and see what comes through, what, what would delight me, but also what would soothe me or like, what is it I'm craving and how can I get there for myself or how can I find myself in that? And so um, I think when one relates to themselves, it's it's kind of like this lifelong practice of growing your self-awareness, self-insight, um, intuition, to sort of be able to know and listen. And I feel like we're always in a rush to know the answers, but if you just sit for a couple of minutes, I feel like answers do come. And 
it's important for us not to, at least, I mean, I can speak, I'm speaking us, but I'll speak back for me. It's important for me not to, you know, sometimes I just negate the first thing that comes up, but I think it's like, and also in the world where it's like sensationalism sells, like we, you know, we, we think that maybe if it's not this very loud answer, it's not a true answer, but I think there's, there's the subtle, um, there's a subtle like upwelling of wisdom that's we become more aware of as we become more you know attuned to ourselves but anyway back to your original question um specific practices well you know when you brought up the forest I was thinking you were saying like it hasn't been always in your life that you've been near a forest and same for me it hasn't been always in my life that I've been near an ocean but um I feel like something that's sort of underrated in humanity um, in our generation is imagination. And I find that like, for me, you know, I've, I have been formally trained, whatever formally trained means. I have been um, formally trained <laughs> um, in meditation by di many different teachers. Um, I, I took up meditation and, and the, the art of meditation, I think when I was like, 17 or 16 and um you know for many years it just didn't work for me and I tried really hard and I thought maybe it would get better over time but it it just didn't work and so um then I kind of reimagined what meditation is and I imagined you know for example life to be one long meditation and anything can be a meditation as as long as you bring some reverence and intention to what you're doing. And so coming back to imagination, that's kind of the, my, my meditation. So I'll, I'll go in and I'll, I'll literally imagine up a scene. Maybe that's a forest, maybe that's the ocean. You know, I'll imagine up these days I'm working with building an internal soul sanctuary. So I have this place I go to um, and it's the home of my soul. And I go into, it's like an actual 3D space inside my mind or soul or wherever it's hard to even locate where these things are but say in my consciousness and I, I go into that space and every day or yeah every day it's a little bit different but it's it has a similar essence and I go there and I sit in that space and I invite people into that space you know Oprah came the other day and I have animals in that space sometimes that are like you know protecting outside the door so no one can come in while I'm in that space anyway the, the point here and I that's a um, a practice anyone who's listening can use, but um, the point is that the imagination I feel like is is truly infinite. And I know that in the New Age world and the spiritual worlds, we use that word infinite a lot, but it feels like it kind of is endless. And once you start using it, it is also like a muscle; it grows. And so, for me, relating to the self is is um, is is imagination. Also, like I feel like the self is not contained to something that's like exist today like it also is like we imagine it we create it we build on it you know mm. i really like that idea of the self as a narrative as a story mm. that we build mm -hmm. that we create that we imagine that's i gorgeous. think yeah, yeah I, I think that's quite accurate also with with what i feel and i i know that one of my rituals actually plays with that in the sense that very often i try to intentionally let go of existing parts of that narrative that I feel don't serve me anymore, you know? So yeah, I, I really like that. I also loved that you mentioned, you know, this idea of bringing intention to whatever it is you're doing. And in that way you can make anything into a meditation. I think that's a really big part also of what I'm practicing and what I'm trying to, to bring to people is that, you know, throughout my daily life while working, while walking from one end of the room to the other, while making a cup of tea for myself, bringing intention to that and then celebrating that as an act of self-love and then practicing gratitude for doing these things for myself, that just transforms almost anything into something that yes. brings you to, to this grounded, beautiful place. Yes, mm. magical yeah. place, right? Yeah, yeah I love yeah. it. Yeah. I really like yeah. that. Mm. I also love, I have to say, your, your morning routine, that it includes kind of like empty space so that you can tune in in that moment to what you really need. I think that's brilliant. I don't have that, but I think I might implement that. <gasps> Do it. Yeah, I would love to hear how it goes. Like, even if it's just five minutes, you know, yeah. five minutes, I mean, 
one second can change the world. I mean, brilliant ideas, brilliant feelings, all these things happen from second to second, right? I mean, even what even is time? But it's to say that five minutes is, I think, a very honorable practice for anyone. You know, it doesn't have to be an hour. I think in general, I'm quite flexible with all my practices. I, I also tend to practice um, compassion with myself when I feel like I know that the next step in my practice now is X or Y, but I don't exactly feel like it. I'm going to do something else. I, I usually have no problem with that. But I think having this moment of empty space of like extra uh, allocated time where I can just tune into myself, I think that's a really good idea. Thank you, Asia. I will try thank that. Thank you. And also thank you for being... Um a a role model for those around you in the realm of compassion self-compassion i feel mm. like you really do practice that a lot and i see that in your you know the way that you share on instagram just wherever wherever our paths collide these days you do that's very important to you and you bring like a, a sacredness to it you know and i mm. honor that thank you for seeing me That's, yeah, I like that. Mm, as we head to the end of this conversation, I wonder if there is a question that you would have really liked to receive from me. I have something to say. I'm not sure if this, maybe this precedes that question, <laughs> but there's something that popped up in my mind and I was exploring it a little bit earlier today and I was like, The podcast format is such that, you know, I mean, actually, to be honest, I don't listen to many podcasts, so I don't know where I'm coming from here, but it seemed like the format is that, you know, it's like question, answer, question, answer, obviously some conversation is involved and some, but I was wondering like, what if we just started from the answer and maybe moved into a question or just started from the answer period? Like, I don't know. I just feel like This is like the way of the world is like question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. But if we just start from an answer, I don't know if that's possible. Then I was playing with it in my mind. I was like, is that even, because like, you know, I, I wax and wane poetics in my mind, but like, is that actually practical? Can we just be like an answer? Can we just start from a place of answer? So I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I think it, it relates to this, um, a bit of what we've been weaving throughout this conversation where there are answers inside and there is um, this practice and in, in terms of relating to self, just to like being with yourself, to be able to listen to the answers that exist. We don't even have to go to ourselves with questions. Like there's all these answers to be simply like listened to. That brings up something really interesting for me. And that is that, I don't find answers so interesting in themselves in the sense that I feel answers are never permanent. Answers change, but the questions remain. Interesting. The, the, the question, what do I need right now? Always has value, no matter what the answer is. Yeah. Or the question, what am I avoiding? Or what am I becoming? And so for me, in my own practice, I feel very often questions are crafted in a way that will lead me to better questions about myself. And so the answers are fleeting and momentary and in the moment they have value, but I don't get attached to answers much. Joachim, do you ever think you will stop asking yourself questions? Don't that is a good happen. question. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can say about that is I don't know because it's a question about the future. And I can only say that right now, I feel like questions really help me to craft a better life for myself. Hmm. <sighs> Thank you so much, Asia. This was a beautiful exploration and I'm so happy that we got to talk again. Yes. <laughs> It's beautiful. I feel like we did go through the forest together and I feel like the way this ended is like oh such a beautiful meditation on this whole podcast journey for you around questions and answers and how the questions 
remain but also shift and the answers I saw the answers just being washed away by the waves and it was kind of like we just answered a bunch of questions now and it matters and it doesn't matter <laughs> mm. you know anyway yes I like all that. good I, I would love to do this again in the future I'm like wow cool this is fun let's do this again at some point nice. <laughs> well I have one more question before we go and that is if you have anything that you want to share with my audience, is there anything that you want people to engage with? Can they follow you somewhere, you know, Instagram, Twitter, whatever? Mm -hmm. How would you like to share yourself? I think when you said any way that they can engage with themselves or with me, I just automatically thought of like helping them engage with themselves. And I was thinking about like, I just would love like, each of your listeners to try that on if they don't already practice that to just you know anytime there's a small or big question in their life to like close close their eyes and kind of know that there is a knowing inside already that they just have to kind of be with it and allow it to come and give it some space and just continue that practice um yeah and in a more practical sense, though, in, in terms of offerings, I think that's the question, the offerings that I have. Um, well, I, I have um, a monthly newsletter that I'm I'm pretty excited about. And I, I talk about consciousness and um, inner and inner travel, external travel and creativity, the process of creativity and imagination. So that's something they can sign up for. And then also another thing that I have going on, I, I don't know if I've talked to you about this. Maybe I have, but um, I've created a experience for women to help them craft um, their first solo journey somewhere in the world. Have I told you about that? I don't think you have, but I've seen it on your yeah. socials. Yeah, so it's, it's just, um, you know, in my life, that's been one of the most profound gifts that I've given myself is the solo journey and I've made it a practice almost that um, I want to share with other women to be able to craft a solo journey that's really resonant to where they are in their life right now and where they want to go and um, designing different rituals and practices and getting really clear on their why why are they doing this and I just completed actually the first cohort and it was really magical to to work with the women and it felt like they had a transformation even before they went on their solo journey, just in terms of like self authority and self reverence. And I think that is actually how I want to end this podcast with you around the word reverence. Cause I think relating to self is all about revering ourselves in our complexities, in the ups and downs and arounds and sideways and backs and forths. It's just, being in that space with ourselves that we can have this self-reverence. I love it. Thank you so much, Asia. <laughs> Thank you. I wish I could just hug you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're too far away. These screens, these damn screens. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Asia. That was wonderful. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe to the podcast. You can also read more of my thoughts on Twitter. I will post a link in the description. And if you are interested in improving your relationship with yourself, please subscribe to my email list at relatingtoself.com. I will then send you meditations, rituals, practices, and more of these beautiful conversations. Thanks. <laughs>